ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, step right up to the Bread and Circuses podcast, where your hosts talk about anything they damn well please. So strap in while Rome burns and enjoy the clown show. down the knife just just put down the knife welcome back once again bread and circuses podcast i'm rooster here with crow hello how you doing crow uh putting down the knife okay i can't believe you gotta explain this shit to these brain dead ass negroes well don't your black life matter yeah and you know why because i fucking say that it matters see i don't need to go out in the street with a sign screaming this shit like a fucking idiot and throwing a temper tantrum like a damn child uh also, I'm not even remotely worried about being killed by the police. You know why? Come here. Let me tell you. Because I'm not a fucking criminal and I don't go around committing fucking crimes. Also, if I do interact with the police, guess what else I don't do? I don't fight the cops and I don't resist arrest like a fucking moron. I don't know why they always killing us. Really? See, nobody cares about your fucking skin color. Nobody gives a damn about your brown skin. See, it's your fucked up shitty behavior is why people don't like you. That's why I don't like you, you dumb, stupid ass motherfuckers. <laughs> Preach, brother. Okay, Crow. Hey, everyone don't hear. <laughs> Y'all want to talk about it. Let's talk. Ah, son of a bitch. <laughs> so who was that? I don't know. Some random guy that was like from last year, but it's so good it needs to be replayed every so often. Well, you know, the only part I disagree with is... um. Every once in a while, like when I, if I get pulled over, you know, by a cop, I like to get out of my car. And when the cop says, do you know why I pulled you over? And just slap him and go, shut the fuck up. And they go, okay. And I get back in my car and I drive away. It's my white privilege. Well, I think that's pretty much what's going to be happening, but it's going to be black privilege that allows that to happen. <laughs> it's going to be on the other <laughs> no side. Shit. That's, that's pretty much the goal of, of all this leftist bullshit is to, um, is to excuse and promote cr- know criminal behavior uh for black people and i don't understand why well because you know if one person gets killed by the cops it's it's too many so if we just get rid of the cops we won't have the cops killing people but anytime you bring up anything other than white supremacy and whiteness and uh um uh, systemic racism or you know uh, systematic whatever they're going to call it if you don't if you don't equate black criminality with being white's fault, then you are racist. Look, let me give you a little analogy, okay? Chemotherapy is really hard on people, okay? You know, you if, if it doesn't kill you, it almost kills you. It's basically poison. So nobody should get sick from chemotherapy. So let's just get rid of chemotherapy. Yeah. Real simple. So chemotherapy is attacking cancer cells, but it's also hurting the body. Right. So you can't have that. So, I mean, there will be people who die of cancer, you know, because you don't have chemotherapy, but, you know, nobody's, nobody's going to feel bad. So are you saying police are a necessary evil? I don't quite get the analogy. (laughs) My point is you can say chemotherapy is a good thing. Yeah. It has some bad side effects sometimes. Yeah. In other words, it saves many people from dying of cancer. Okay. 
but it also has some bad side effects. It kicks the shit out of people who take it. Your hair falls out. You know, I mean, it makes some people sick. But the alternative is far, far worse. So, yes, just given the interactions that cops have with people, we're going to have some people killed by cops. Generally, because these people fight the cops, you know? Yeah, but okay. But if we just got rid of cops, how much worse would it be? What I'm hearing is that you said that uh, chemo kicks the shit out of cancer, and I'm equating that to police kicking the shit out of black and brown people. So that's not acceptable. Well, I'm not just saying black and brown people. I mean, the cops have kicked the shit out of some people before. <laughs> I'm just saying so they had it coming. So police are jackbooted thugs is what you're saying. Uh, well, Rooster. look, uh, cancer had it coming, <laughs> you know? <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> no, Spicy. I, I think uh, I think what what people are expecting is this sort of utopia where nothing bad ever happens. And let's face it. Life, life is a difficult thing. It's, it's hard on people. Because, you know? it, because people are involved and people will never be perfect. Right. So my, my point is, it's like you can't have... It, guns are a great example. You have guns to protect yourself. The CDC has even shown, grudgingly I think, that guns save millions of lives every year. And the fact that we have them and they're used in self-defense to save all those lives. Occasionally, a kid finds one in mom and dad's nightstand and shoots another kid. Terrible tragedy. But getting rid of the guns suddenly makes the other problem much worse. Yeah. So if you can say, hey, chemotherapy is really bad for people. It kicks the shit out of some of them through no fault of their own, which is the narrative, but not the truth. Um, so we should just never have it. Well, then a lot of people die of cancer, you know, cops have to deal with some really shitty people over and over and over, you know, they deal with the worst of society all the time. And defunding isn't the answer. It's not only defund funding that these fuckers want. They, they say they want to totally dismantle the institution of law enforcement and replace it with what they, I still don't know what they want to replace it with. They talked community about policing and social right, workers, social workers, community policing, community policing is going to be uh, whatever warlord. It has yeah, the community most, policing the most is going to be gangs. It's going to be gangbangers. So here, you know, here's the thing. We just had the Derek Chauvin trial. Yep. The verdict came down. He's guilty on all counts. Um, he's only going to get, he's only going to be sentenced for one of them. Cause you only can be. Oh, I, that's, I was going to ask that. That seems like they're, well, they're piling on like double je- double and triple jeopardy. Uh, double jeopardy is when you get tried, tried for the same. For the same but yeah. it's like along the same principle that well, how can you be guilty of something and then you just attack on time? You just, you know, you do lesser charges. Well, I can't remember the name of this guy, but a local radio show host had a um, former Hennepin County judge on it. He goes, look, you just, you do one of these things and it's going to be something like, the minimum sentence for this thing is like 145 to 160 months. Yeah. Um, so everything's going to be concurrent, basically. Yeah. And so he can, he'll serve at least three quarters of that or two thirds of it or something like that. If he doesn't off himself in prison. Right. And, well, he's being segregated. Yeah. I um, still think that yeah, the odds are high. But then on top of that, um, he, uh, he, he, the judge can reduce or, increase that sentence within a certain amount. This Hennepin County judge who knows that 
judge in this trial said there's no way he's reducing it. He might add on to it. But so the guy's going to spend there's 10 no, years in th- prison. There's no reason to add on to it because they, they never even brought up the hate crime or, you know, hate aspect right. of it or racial right. aspect of it in, in court. And that's the only time they really can or should. I, I, I'm not saying they should, but right. according to the law, that's the only time they should tack on, which which is bullshit in, in and of itself. So here's my opinion as a lay person, not a cop. Um, I think Derek Chauvin was probably a dick. You know, he's... I think he was just um, fed up or probably no, he was one of those cops that had I'll get there dealt too. with too many assholes, you know, I th- I which think is he, most cops do. I think he was probably a dick. I think he was probably a dick who's dealt with a lot of shitty people, given where he's worked for a long time, mm-hmm. for 19 years. I don't want to say cops are underpaid. I hate when people say they're underpaid. 90% of the world thinks they're underpaid, you know? You can say they should get paid more. I, I'm not even having that debate with anybody. It's stupid. I'm not. But um, I will not contest the idea they probably don't get enough breaks. They probably don't get rotated out enough. 19 years, like Chauvin did in the in the area he did, even if you're not a dick, I think it can turn you into one. Well, I worked in that area for that many years yeah and uh and you're a dick yeah and, and i was a, a much bigger dick before i got the hell out of there that's why i told you you had to quit that job because i fucking hated the people i was yeah. dealing with because they were all assholes i saw a very shitty segment of society there and right. when you're a police officer in that area that's what you see every day so this is in my mind having watched a very large percentage of the trial and not fully understanding all of the like i don't i don't know about the murder two charge i know it's unintentional but you know, here's what I'm thinking. Chauvin probably pinned this guy to the ground, was unaware of his medical conditions. Yep. But when he stopped struggling, whether he was trying to prove to the crowd he didn't have to move, yep. or he was just like, fuck it, I don't give a I'm shit. Sure, right he's, now. since that day, he's been constantly second guessing. He's like, if yeah. I only got up like halfway through that. Yeah. You know? You know, so I think it's a bunch of circumstances. I still believe the guy's guilty of negligent homicide. No. Well, you're, well, okay. So manslaughter. Yeah. I mean, and I, I, I actually don't, the more I've looked into it, like I, I told you before, when I first saw the video, just like everybody else I was like, fuck, get the fuck off his neck. I was, I was irritated. I well, wanted to like tackle him off. I, I saw the more I look into it, the more I saw, um, you know, the, the evidence before even the trial, I came around to the, to thinking that, you know what? No, this wasn't, this wasn't manslaughter or murder. This was, this was a situation that a bunch of, a bunch of things happened, um, that had to make him die. It wasn't just him kneeling on him that that made George Floyd die. So he's not responsible. He's not even an eighth responsible for George Floyd's death that day. See, I think, I think he is because, I understand all of the other stuff, Floyd's enlarged heart, the drugs he took and all that stuff. But there's just a point resisting arrest where he's not struggling anymore. And you've got a couple other cops and Chauvin's appearance to me was I'm not moving because I don't have to. And, and, you know, who knows what what would happen if he would have got as soon as he stopped struggling and they got off of him, would they have uncuffed him if they would have left the cuffs on before the paramedics arrived? They would have said, well, he should they should have uncuffed him and turned him over, rendered aid. Yeah, but the crowd know. was hostile. I know. So he wasn't going to turn his back on the crowd at that point. Neither were the other police. Yeah. So it's just it, it's 
a whole bunch of different things together causing his death that you can't blame one person alone anymore. Well, I think if you want to put the, the blame on a person, it's George Floyd. He just didn't seem, I'm talking about Chauvin, just didn't seem to give a shit, you know? And I, and I, we talked about this before too. I think part of that was him trying to maintain composure. Yeah, Because maybe. if he would have talked to the crowd or, or, or engaged with them, it would have been angry. It would have been like, fuck you, get the fuck back. You know, I know what I'm fucking doing. That kind of, it would have been like, he'd have been, so I think part of that kind of that haughtiness people see where he was like, you know, whatever, I'll do whatever I want. It was him trying to maintain composure. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I'm just, again, I'm telling you how I feel about it. So I had I been on that jury, I never would have agreed to second degree unintentional murder. Well, and then I put myself in his shoes. But I would have done. And let's say you're having a bad day and you've dealt with a bunch of assholes yeah. in the past month. And You've dealt with guys that play possum. I've done that myself where I've gotten into fights played with Played possum with the cops? Yes. Look, I've told you, don't do that. Yeah, whack-a-mole. Yeah. Uh, no, where I've gotten into fights at my former job, um, knocked guys out, held them down, called the police, and, and as soon as I get off of them or take my, shift my weight, they were playing possum. They get up and they square up again. Mm-hmm. So, so you shot them. And, uh, <laughs> I, can, I can't confirm or deny any of that. You should deny it. Um, just deny it anyway deny 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 deny. there you go i mean the ballistics match but deny (laughs) it anyway um so you know i look at that differently versus this um the shooting that we just had in columbus yeah where the uh the the cop i mean based on the body camera and i was anti-body camera I have completely done a 180 on that i'm pro body i think a lot of police are too oh man it's saving these cops but, you know, this guy pulls up there and you see immediately on the on the body cam video, which was what? Well, Not even 10 seconds long. Really quick, just to preface it. Shift uh, to pee again? No, there was a <laughs> there was a call in to dispatch that right. there was a domestic where there was a bunch of girls, a yep. bunch of women and girls, and there was somebody trying to stab somebody. That was the call. Oh, so that's what the call that said? That was what the call okay. said. Uh, but according to, I can't remember which news source it was, if it was, if it was, um, I'm not going to say who it was, but it was one of the liberal media. Those um, aren't news. Got sources. in trouble for editing out that part of the call mm-hmm. that mentioned knives. Also edited the video footage so you couldn't see the part where she had the knife. Yeah. So they're they're stoking. Oh, I'm getting ahead of myself. So the call was domestic dispute, fight going on. Someone's trying to stab the girl that called was the one that ended up getting shot. Oh, you've ruined the ending now. Yeah. So police show up and. Cop gets out within 12 seconds, he has to shoot her. Right. But the first thing you see is this woman running out who like falls over. And I was wrong. This guy with his pants down around his ankles, basically. I mean, just down below his ass. Upstairs. Comes citizen. running out and kicks her. And I thought he missed her. And you're right. He kicked her right in the back of the head. Right yeah. in front she, of the she cop. She goes flopping forward. Yeah. yeah. Right in front of the cop. And just this is happening. This uh, Micaiah or whatever her name is. Mm-hmm. She comes out with this other chasing this other chick around who's half her size and not like trying to fight her is like leaned up against a car with her leg up like don't hit me and this chick pulls out a knife yeah Yeah, this chick pulls out a knife and she was not you know they say well she had a knife not only did she have a knife she had it like way back behind her winding up to stick it in this other chick it was going to be an aggressive strike with that knife if it didn't kill the girl it would have done some serious harm oh my god of course according to all the blue check marks um she was probably just going to trim her weave look you know 
these high school kids, they fight all the time. They've been well, doing it for eons. Let's get into that. So sometimes with uh, I want to get into these into these tweets by people that uh, BLM activist Valerie Jarrett, for fuck's sake, and LeBron James, these motherfuckers. The, talk about well, at the very least, irresponsible. At the very most, criminal. Well, LeBron James tweeted out a picture of the cop and his name. Yeah, and said, "You're next." And I have so many problems with that. One, that sounds to me like a threat. I mean, well, it yeah, really but, does. But what what he's implying with because he had a hashtag. Um, what was the hashtag he had after that? Um, accountability. Hashtag accountability. Yeah. So basically what he's saying, no, no, you're next to be in prison is what I'm getting. Okay, I don't fucking care, dude. Fine. I still think, think about what you're doing. I still think that some people could perceive that. As of a course threat. they, of course they could, but let's say they don't. Let's say, all right, let's give, uh, King James the benefit of the doubt here, you know, and he's saying you're next as far as going to prison. He docks the guy. Mm-hmm. Last I heard, you can't do that on Twitter. That gets you kicked off immediately. Banned for life. Why is LeBron James still on? Because he's black. He's an, he's obviously a BLM supporter, leftist. That's, that's and he's got the fifty million followers. Um, yeah, it's it's sickening. And LeBron, in in a in a sane world, the NBA, uh, NBA would be like, "Ooh, you're fired." In but, a sane world, but this is what's going to happen. Um, when we get to a point where Republicans take over Congress, which could happen in the next election cycle, who knows? But regardless, at some point, it will. They're going to go after stuff like Twitter. I mean, Twitter doesn't realize what it's doing to yeah. itself. And all you sons of bitches that are that are buying merchandise that LeBron James um, gets gets money for shoes or whatever. Anybody that's isn't he in the new um, Space Jam movie? I don't know. Uh, anybody who brings their kids to Space Jam with LeBron James, anybody who goes and supports M- uh, NBA or has NBA merchandise, fuck you. If you're a conservative, don't do that anymore. And I'm not talking about boycotts. I'm talking about just you personally. Stop it. Well, stop supporting these assholes. And we, uh, I, a couple podcasts ago, I went off on uh, Major League Baseball for their move from Georgia for the All Star game. Look, I'm still going to watch baseball because I like it. They moved their All Star game, which I think is stupid. I'm not going to not watch it over that. But like when we were talking earlier today, if a guy in the Minnesota Twins came out and said, Hashtag you're next, and the twins didn't ditch that motherfucker. I would be done yep. watching those guys. Yeah, you can't do that to cops. Yeah, you can't do that to anybody. So, yeah, uh, so he took the tweet down at one point finally, but he also put another tweet up justifying it. Yeah, um, but let's talk about Valerie Jarrett. She was uh, Obama's like right hand woman, she was she was in his ear for everything. Yeah, um, she's the one that uh, got Roseanne Barr fired. From her TV show, because Roseanne Barr said she looked like uh, somebody from the Planet of the Apes, and she does. But um, and that was supposedly a racial thing. Well, that's the end of it for us people. Yeah. But it had <laughs> nothing to do with race. She looks like some character out of the Planet of the Apes. So. Well, and Roseanne Barr said, "I didn't even know she was black." Yeah. Which, to be honest, she's very pale skinned. I didn't know she was yeah. black either. It, it was b- between just how she looks and her hairstyle. She looked like one of one of the uh, Planet of the Apes characters. It's not racial. It's just. You know, it's like George Bush at all times being portrayed as like a weasel. Sometimes George W. Bush was portrayed as a monkey in okay. in political cartoons. Well, it's because he's black. <laughs> because of his big ears. Yeah. But um, so Valerie Jarrett, big deal in Obama administration. Obama administration. I'm sure she's a big deal in the Biden administration too. She's just behind the scenes, just like um like Obama. But here's the article. So uh, this is from the conservative opinion, but they're they're all the, they're all 
um, it, this is a conservative website, but they're putting the actual tweets up on. So it's not like they're just saying what happened. They're showing screenshots of her tweets. But this is what they wrote. Uh, Wednesday, Valerie Jarrett tweeted, a black teenage girl named Micaiah Bryant was killed because a police officer immediately decided to shoot her multiple times in order to break up a knife fight, demand accountability, fight for justice, hashtag Black Lives Matter. She then added, just because an officer can use deadly force does not mean the officer should. Let's spend more time responsibly training them to de-escalate violent situations, and if force is required, use the minimum force necessary. Mother. If if they put her on a force-on-force situation, like they said, okay, we're going to put you through a situation as if you're the cop and you show up on the scene, got 13 seconds to decide what to do. You think she, what, what do you think she'd fucking do? She'd, Valerie she'd, Jarrett? She'd piss or shit herself or she'd shoot the wrong person or she, or she, you know, she would do everything that she accuses like more than what Valerie she- Valerie Jarrett? Yes. She calls social worker. Yeah. Um, but she calls it a knife fight. Bitch. Do you, do you know what a knife fight is? It's it's two people engaging in a fight. Well, this like, was a, a an intent intent uh, intentional attack on somebody with a knife who was unarmed. Well, Laura Ingram said on her show last night. She goes, two people having knives is a knife fight. One person having a knife is a stabbing." There we go. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, just ridiculous. Um, but I, I do like some of the people that fire back at her on Twitter. I'm not on Twitter, so I'm not. You know, I won't be firing back at any any but. Um, one said, please listen to what the girl who didn't get stabbed today had to say about the use of lethal force. You want me to play this? Yeah. Shoot a girl. He fucking came at me with a knife. Or she fucking came at me with a knife is what she, she just said. She came at you with a knife yes, earlier? No, she just, that's what the, that's what the police that's did. That lady she, came on the at, floor? she came after me. With so, a knife? Yeah, so she, so he got her. That's so that why. Was, that's why the yeah, the one in the pink. She just said that she came after me with a knife. That's why he got her. Yeah. So her she she should be appreciative. This guy they should be throwing a party for this guy in his honor, a parade, saying you saved her life. Whoever is in her fam, her her family should be thanking this guy for saving her life. Well, I was just listening to Rob Smith on the way here. He's sitting in for uh, Buck Sexton, and he said, "How come we don't know that girl's name?" Mm-hmm. Um, just recently, like tonight, apparently two of the neighbors have chimed in on what happened and they were pro cop on that one. One one of them was a guy whose, um, ring doorbell or a video camera outside his house. I'm assuming it was a ring doorbell based on the angle. Um, and the proliferation of ring doorbells got another angle to this and shows there's more than one cop. There's like four cops there, but, um, he goes, this guy didn't have any time. He goes, he got out of the car, and they were just like I on think, him right I think away. By the time he got out of his car to when this happened, it was like 13 seconds. Yeah. And and how, how do you de-escalate something? And how do you – not even the best social worker in the world, not the best diplomat in the world could de-escalate that but he situation. Did, he did try to de-escalate it. The, the gal who came flying at him and fell down, he's like, hey, hold on, hold on. And then the other one comes out, and she's got a knife. Rooster, he raised his voice. That is not de-escalation. He contributed to the chaos by mm, raising his voice and asserting his whiteness. Well, as soon as he fired his gun, it ended, didn't it? Um, yeah, okay. Yeah, another a Twitter user replied, he had no time at all to de-escalate the situation. No time at all. You get out there and handle this if you think you could do better. M- minimum force, you say? Maybe police should bring their water guns next time. Would that make you happy if someone was coming at you with a knife? Yeah. 
should he have just let her stab the other girl? That uh, would have been no, racist. No, because then he wouldn't have been uh, serving and protecting like a good cop. So that's to. one tweet. Here's another one. This is another ridiculous. This is a blue check mark BLM um, supporter named Bree Newsom. Oh, I know her. Yeah. Uh, and her in her in her little Twitter bio it says defund and abolish police, refund our communities. All right. So she goes. This is the greatest. She goes. Teenagers have been having fights including fights involving knives for eons. We do not need police to address these situations by showing up to the scene and using a weapon against one of the teenagers. Y'all need help. I mean that sincerely. So there's a, I don't remember who this guy was, um, but I think uh, Shannon Bream brought up the tweet um, on her show. She said, uh, well, this, this conservative writer who I think is black, I'm going based like, again, I don't remember his name, but it was based on the picture on Twitter that they showed. He said, basically all cops, all of them across the country should go on strike for two weeks. Just don't come to work. And he goes, uh, those of us in the suburbs will be fine. Cause we're going to handle it old West style <laughs> or wild West style or something like that. Yeah. And there's some truth to that. You know, people in the suburbs own their places. The majority of black residents in bad areas do not want cops gone. Exactly. So um, if the cops just didn't show up for a while, see what happened. I, if I was a cop right now and I showed up for work, I would park my car in a parking lot somewhere and just sit there and wait for them to tell me to go someplace. I'm not driving around, trying to pull people over. None of that shit. I'm not doing it. I just feel like, no, it's not fucking worth it. Yeah. And teenagers have been having fights, including fights involving knives for eons. Do you know, personally, growing up, have you been involved in knife fights with other teenagers? Well, you know, this is the part where I, several. Well, so. when I was in the, the gang, the Jets gang, mm -hmm. we, we had... Yeah. We had knife fights all the time with, uh, what was the other gang? I can't remember their name. That was my gang, bitch. That oh, was shit. the Sharks. Oh, shit. Yeah. We're about to go down. Yeah. <laughs> I'll cut a bitch. <laughs> and I love how she used the term eons. Not many people use that. You know, knives for eons. And I always think of H.P. Lovecraft. Okay. Because he has a, a, a quote that I, it's, uh, that is not dead, which can eternal lie. And with strange eons, even death may die. That's a. Uh, a Cthulhu quote from H.P. Lovecraft. Okay. So I think she was, um, I think she was talking about the, uh, um, the Marxist kind of existential, um, Cthulhu. Yeah. She, no, she was taught, she was commenting on the, um, the existential like crisis that people are having that don't have faith because they don't believe in anything. And they think once they're dead, they're dead. So did she have a squid head? <laughs> yeah. So she was being very clever here oh, in referencing mm -hmm. Eons and, and H.P. Lovecraft. Yeah. I don't think she was. Yeah. yeah the nihilism of, of Marxism is what she was commenting on and how, you know, you just you have no, when you have no hope, you have to blame Whitey. Oh, I just blame Whitey all the time. So she went on. Here's more. She goes, everyone should be frightened that the ruling white elite have done such a thoroughly successful job of not only disconnecting us from the means of basic self-sufficiency, but also convincing us we need armed white officers to manage our children and communities. Now, there's parts of that I agree with, but it's leftist whites 
you, you can't just go white elite. You got to go leftist white elite right. because they have done a thoroughly successful job in disconnecting them from the means of basic self-sufficiency. But you know what? It's not just their fault. You have a role in your own bullshit. You're not, you, you're not um, just an uh, automaton that gets programmed by the leftist elite whites to, 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 you know, to, you know, have uh, 75% fatherless homes and, um, you know, um, you know, thug, thug culture and all that. You're not programmed like that, like a robot. You can decide whether or not you go with that. By the way, that is one of the worst robot impressions I've seen. Oh, you're watching me go. I'm watching. I was typing. I wasn't doing like a robot. I was, I was typing. Ever seen every like bad sitcom where somebody goes, I'm going to do the robot dance. This is the robot. (laughs) Exactly. That was bad. It was terrible. That was a bad robot. The other one was just me typing. Yes. Like air typing. It's like air guitaring, but air typing. Um, So she keeps going. Well, oh, what do we got going here? Severe uh, alert. City of Brooklyn Center's got a uh, oh, stay home curfew. Eleven, 11 o'clock. Ro- Rooster, you better get going. You're not in Brooklyn Center, bitch. Not too far away. <laughs> but you're not in Brooklyn Center. Yeah. Don't drive through Brooklyn Center. <laughs> Who on does your, that on anyway? Your, on your way home. <laughs> so. Oh man. So. Uh, yeah, and some of these responses were funny. So the tweets were still up as of Thursday morning. So, uh, one person posts, seems totally appropriate. Let kids have knife fights. Parenting 101. Uh, another one said, we should let the kids stab each other to death. That's quite the take. Another one says, why can't society just normalize public teenage knife fights? <laughs> I think her point was we already have. Yeah. 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 We've had, you've had nine hours to think about this bullshit take and it's still up. <laughs> oh man. Well, oh, oh, and did you know, and didn't just, just happening. Did you hear another teenage girl was stabbed by another teenage girl? No. And murdered? Uh, Wait, let me guess. Cincinnati. Uh, Let me guess. Very upscale white area. How did you you know this? No, uh, black girl. Cincinnati police say a 13-year-old girl has been charged with murder and the stabbing death of another 13-year-old girl. Just happened. Well, a cop sat there. April 22nd. Well, a racist white cop sat there and watched it happen. (laughs) (laughs) Wouldn't Wouldn't that be... Delicious. I mean, I shouldn't say that, but it well, would be I, no shit. That's what it's like. If be a next. cop was there and he didn't, didn't. Uh, I mean, it's basically no winning. You know, absolutely. Yeah. It's the cop version of the Kobayashi so, Maru. In one of those harmless bonus teena- points to anyone who gets that Kobayashi Maru. Yeah. yeah. In one of those harmless teenage knife fights that don't require police presence, the thirteen-year-old died, according to W. Uh, LWT TV. Nayara Givens was allegedly stabbed to death by another 13-year-old during a fight in Cincinnati. Here's a quote. I held her. I watched her as she died. I watched her, you know. All I could do was just hold her. Hold her, said Maurice Jackson, Nayara's father. I tried. I tried to stop the bleeding. It's heartbreaking. Uh, but please, here's what goes on with this commentary. But please tell us all from the from the remove of Twitter, how police shouldn't get involved in these things, Bree Newsom. You say these knife fights are harmless part of puberty. Surely you can explain away this aberration, no? Yeah. Uh, so I bet you this father wishes there would have been a cop there to stop that stabbing. See, we never we never fought each other with knives because we had Roman candle fights. <laughs> our, our white privilege allowed us to buy mm-hmm. Roman candles, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. So instead of stabbing each other, we just tried to burn each other's faces off. <laughs> yeah. You know, with the glowing white hot projectiles. Mm-hmm. 
So it's disgusting. I mean, th- this is such in your face, blatant, like, and we're going to go on to um, Kamala Harris's uh, and Joe Biden, President Kamala Harris and, and Vice President Joe Biden's response to the Chauvin trial um, or the Chauvin, con- uh, Chauvin conviction. Um, it's more of this basically oh, white racism, white, just nonstop. Like every time they can interject something about racism or whiteness or systemic racism or, you know, a, a culture of, 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 of um, persecution of blacks and all that, they'll add it in. It's the narrative and it's the nonstop narrative right now that is just all they can think about, all they can do. Listen, I'm going to give you two answers. We've talked about this to sort of retorts for someone calling you a racist. And if you don't use one of these, you're a chicken shit coward. Okay. (laughs) If someone says to you, you are a racist, say, I'm not taking that from a racist. And if they say, what? You go, you are a racist. If they say, no, I'm not go. That's exactly what I'd expect a racist to say. (laughs) And just say, just the fact that you deny being a racist means you are racist. You've and got just, a lot of work to do. Just keep. Yes, exactly. Keep going. <laughs> and when they go, but just be like, no, I'm not even talking well, to you. But then you go to the part where you go, no, where's your uh, Black Lives Matter shirt? Yeah, exactly. So you just, you do shit like that. You your just, silence is violence. You just keep yeah. piling on them. Or the other one you can use is say. I'm not taking that from a pedophile. An accused pedophile. Just say pedophile. Oh, I always say accused because well, I'm fact, because I'm the one accusing you. Well, the fact that I'm calling you a pedophile <laughs> means I'm accusing you. <laughs> I'm not taking that from an accused pedophile. Saying, what? what? I just accused you. You're an accused pedophile. <laughs> I'm saying the out loud part quietly. <laughs> yeah. So. Oh well. All right. So we got to get into the response here from from the uh, president and vice president. Okay. All right. So we'll start with the vice president, or I'm sorry, the president, Kamala Harris. All right. She's not president yet. So, well, she had to speak first. Um, That's because ladies go first. All right. So here's the here's how it starts. First, I want to thank the jury for their service, and I want to thank Mr. Floyd's family for your steadfastness. By the way. I hate when they say, I would like to thank the jury for their service. You are compelled to do jury duty. The only way you can avoid jury duty is if you're crazy or if you find some way to disqualify yourself. So when they say, thank you for your service, you, they required you to do it. Well, and there's the steadfastness. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, keep going here. Today, we feel a sigh of relief. Still, it cannot take away the pain. A measure of justice isn't the same as equal justice. I hate her fucking voice. Yeah. I just can't stand it. That was so deep. A measure of justice is not the same as equal justice. You see, it's never going to be good enough. Yeah, exactly. This verdict brings us a step closer and... The fact is, we still have work to do. We still <laughs> I, must I was expecting her to start laughing. The system. Last summer, together with Senator Cory Booker and Representative Karen Bass, I introduced the George Floyd Justice and Policing Act. The George Floyd Justice and Policing Act. 
Uh, let's not forget that they filibustered Senator Tim Scott's criminal reform. Who's bill. black? Yeah. Um, yeah. So they're 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 lionizing George yet again. They're saint. They're bestowing sainthood on him again by making his name part of this bill, so that it will never be forgotten. Never forget his name. Well, Nancy Pelosi wanted to thank George Floyd for sacrificing oh, his life. Yeah. Yeah, beautiful. Which people took really well. Oh. <laughs> this bill would hold law enforcement accountable and help build trust between law enforcement and our communities. This bill is part of George Floyd's legacy. And what else is part of George Floyd's legacy? The fact that he was a multiple, multiple uh, felon, multiple times. He spent multiple times in prison for what? Hey, he was a great athlete. For hurting other people. He was a great athlete. What's another part of his legacy? That he uh, participated in a strong arm robbery of a woman? Uh, just because she was pregnant and he pointed a gun at her belly. That, I mean, well, I don't he know didn't if he sh- did that. I think that yes, his accomplice did. No, he, no did. he did that? Okay. He didn't shoot, did he? <laughs> well, he showed amazing. he's a saint. He showed huh? amazing restraint. Yeah. Passed a, passed a fake bill, um, a $20 bill. Well, I mean, he shouldn't be killed for that. We don't even know that he knew that he passed a fake bill. Yeah. All right. The president and I will continue to urge the Senate to pass this legislation, not as a panacea for every problem, but as a start. This work is long overdue. America has a long history of systemic racism. Oh, fuck off. See, and this is the, somebody pointed this out. I can't remember who, and I didn't realize this um, at the time, but I, I think they're right. When Biden gets up there and says, you know, this uh, systemic racism has been a stain on this country's soul, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. They said, this is the first president to ever get up and trash his own country. Yeah. They said, Obama did it. After he was out, and he would sort of walk up to that line, but he would say things like, we need to get better. And his wife did it. Yeah, well, yeah, but. Yeah, yeah, fuck right off with that. Yeah. Black Americans and black men in particular have been treated throughout the course of our history as less than human. Black men are fathers and brothers. Could have fooled me. <laughs> and sons and uncles, and grandfathers, and friends, and neighbors. If I say I have a black friend, I'm called racist. (laughs) That's what I expect a racist to say. (laughs) Hi, black friends. (laughs) Their lives. Oh, at this point, it's weird. I'm watching the video. And at this point, Biden's standing there in the background with his little black mask on. And he kind of turns his back. Pulls a mask down, takes this wadded up tissue out of his pocket, and like rubs his nostrils, and then takes it and puts it back in his pocket, and then just grabs his mask all over and puts it back. <laughs> it's like, dude, you'd be better off without the fucking mask when it comes to hygiene. Your 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 grubby wadded up snot tissue in your hand. <laughs> Did he stuff it up his sleeve like grandmas do? <laughs> and it's just it's actually disgusting to see that and go. How much goop did you just get on your mask that you just touched? Ugh, whatever. Must be valued in our education system, in our healthcare system, in our housing system, mm-hmm. in our economic system, mm, preach, in our criminal justice system, mm, mm. in our nation. Damn. 
the gravitas I, of that. I just hate the fucking tone of her voice. She's so goddamn smug all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, she you can tell she was very proud of how she delivered those those um that line. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Huh. Hmm. Well, you know, the medical system is all it's rife with white supremacy. Hmm. Full stop. Oh, oh. See, I, I, I. I screwed up her uh, her delivery there. I should have waited until she said full stop at the end there because that was the uh, the icing on the uh, that was the cherry on the Sunday right there. Yeah, full stop. Because of spark- whoa 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 whoa. I thought that was full stop, bitch. Whatever. Phones. So many Americans have now seen the racial injustice that Black Americans have known for generations. Hmm. The racial injustice that we have fought for generations. That my parents protested. Oh, wait, wait a second. Wait, hold on, back up. First of all, first question, isn't she the fucking vice president? After we've had a black president. Yeah. Secondly, parent-wise, isn't one of her parents Asian? Yeah. And her other parent is black? Mm. How come she's not the first Asian vice president? Yeah. Why does and why does Black Trump everything? Her she goes on. She's talking about her parents fighting, um, fighting uh, for so, social or for racial justice. Didn't her great grandfather wasn't he like one of the biggest slave owners in the in the um, yeah in North America or the no, Northern Hemisphere in Island Jamaica? Yeah. yeah, yeah, they were a huge. So, so she, yeah, so she brings up that family. her parents were parents were um, on the. Uh, on the right side of history. And, and it might have been her grandfather, not okay. even great-grandfather. Yeah, that's great. In the 1960s, that millions of us, Americans of every race, protested last summer. Here's... Yeah. <laughs> I just want you to... Yeah. There we go. Yeah. Yeah. Very moist. The truth about racial injustice. It is not just a black America problem or a people of color problem. It is. It's LGBTQIA plus, you bigot. You know, she has that after like every point she makes, she has that tone that goes uh, enough said. Yeah. You know, kind of thing. Yeah. Full stop. Full (laughs) stop. Who fucking says that? No. Uh, um, unless she uh, says something about the LGBTQIAWTFBBQ um, um, community, then she's a bigot. Yeah. It's a problem for every American. Well, I guess she just did there because every American, that includes them. So it's okay. She gets a pass. It is keeping us from fulfilling the promise of liberty and justice for all. And it is holding our nation back from realizing our full potential. Other than we're the most prosperous we country in the history of the world. a part of George Floyd's legacy. Are we now? Are we all a part of George Floyd's legacy? Are you a part, Rooster, of George Floyd's legacy? Only when I put my knee on the back of a black person. Or, <laughs> you know... But I guess figuratively, I've been doing that for years. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. And our job now <laughs> is to honor it and to honor him. Thank you. Hey. Okay, so I have so many problems with uh, Kamala Harris. 
she she put a ton of black people in jail. Yeah. A ton of them. Um and then she uh she helped create a fund that got rioters. Yes, I said rioters, not peaceful protesters. You know what the difference is? Peaceful protesters generally don't get arrested. Or if they do, they they're they're not actively participating in any kind of violent exchange. They don't generally have to have bail posted. They get processed and let go. Yeah. Right. They're 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 they might passively resist arrest by right. by just like a laying limp. Right. Rioters break steel and burn shit. Yeah. Um. Anyway, she had she helped put together that fund posted the bail money for a bunch of the rioters in Minneapolis last summer, some of whom were pretty serious criminals, one of which, now there were many some that of, got up. Yeah, some of whom that weren't even involved in it, in the, in the rioting, right. that got part of that fund. One of them that got out was, had previous crimes, got out and raped an eight-year-old girl. That's on her. Mm-hmm. That's on her. Yep. I'm sorry. There's... You know, we want to talk about whose legacy is what. Um, I mean, that's her. And so she wants to talk about all this racial shit, which, to be honest, I, again, I've said this a hundred times. I don't know a single conservative I know who gives a shit what color anybody is. No. You know? I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to segregate into racial groups because and that's it. Why are it. you winking? <laughs> and that's it. Because there are a shitload of disgusting, degenerate, shitty white people that I don't want anything to do with. I don't think whites are inherently better than any other race. I don't think any other race is inherently better than whites. I think uh, it comes down well, to culture. Asians. Asians are better <laughs> well, than all of us. They're pretty awesome. <laughs> yeah. Um, but but it they're comes good at math. <laughs> I know lots of cool martial arts. <laughs> it comes down to culture. That's what it comes down to. And, uh, you know, there, there's predispositions to certain attitudes and behaviors that, that as a group, some, you know, races have just like some races have predispositions to different diseases, but it doesn't as a whole make you any more, um, any more, um, deserving of, you know, human dignity or respect or anything than anybody else as a person. Well, you know, sickle cell anemia was created by the CIA to keep black people down, right? Oh, there you have it. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you want to get into Biden's uh, speech since we since we uh, did President Kamala Harris's speech first? Yeah, and then I want to come back to her whole bail thing. Okay. Um, so this is his response to um, the verdict. Oh, and before before he um, had the response to the verdict, this was while the deliberation was happening. I got to play this little clip here. Um, this was him, oh, yeah, yeah having one. an interview. Praying the verdict is the right verdict, which is, I think it's overwhelming in my view. I wouldn't say that unless the, the jury was sequestered now, not hear me say that. But so we, we just talked to them. I want to know how they were doing, just personally. And we talked about personal things. Yeah, he's talking about uh, getting together with the uh, George Floyd family. Um, and Was the jury sequestered when he did that? Well, I mean, I think it was during deliberation that he said this. Okay. So I think deliber- during deliber- deliber- <laughs> deliberation, they were sequestered. Um, but 
um, this was right after uh, Maxine Waters came into Minneapolis and spouted off about how, you know, if they, if, uh, you know, he should be, he should be um, found guilty, found guilty of murder one. So even the charges that they up, that they have up for him weren't good enough for her. So she was demanding murder one, which isn't possible. Mm-hmm. And then she goes, if the, if we don't get what we want, you should be out there and you should, you should accelerate or it wasn't accelerate. It was, um, what, well, what was the word? Basically she used? they should, they should up uh, their game. Yeah. You know, they should, uh, if you're out in the streets and doing whatever you need to up your game, you need to, I wish I remember the specific more confrontation, but and- she, but she was like, I mean, I think she went over over the edge and was inciting a riot. A lot of people are saying she's the the wording she used, the phraseology she used, was inciting riots. Um. So and people are pissed Which off. Which I agree with. People are pissed off because this was before sequestered. So before they were sequestered. Well, I mean, supposedly they were sequestered that they had they could go home, but they weren't supposed to watch the news or whatever. Well, but let's say, not to get too uh, too far off here, but let's just say, give her the benefit of the doubt, and uh, Auntie Maxine didn't uh didn't incite a riot the leader of the chapter of black lives matter of new york basically came out and said we didn't get this during rodney king we didn't get this he starts naming all those people he goes we got this verdict because we rioted and destroyed stuff he's not wrong so he's saying so we need to do this going forward that's that is wrong that is inciting yeah but he isn't wrong, but that's exactly why they got this verdict. I think it has a lot to do with it, yeah. All right, so Biden did that, and I think after Maxine Waters said what she said, Biden saying that he talked to the Floyd family and that and that he said, you know, he prayed that the right verdict would come down. He's like, oh, shit, uh, but I did this while they were sequestered, so it was okay. Yeah. Even he understood that's bullshit to do that during a, a, uh, during a trial. So here's his speech. A jury in Minnesota found former Minneapolis police officer Derek Chauvin guilty on all counts in the murder of George Floyd last May. Where's the jello? It was a murder Pudding. in the full light of day, and it ripped the blinders off for the whole world to see the systemic racism the vice president just referred to. There was systemic racism that's a stain on our nation's soul. <clears throat> the knee on the neck of justice for black Americans. Profound fear and trauma. The pain, the exhaustion that black and brown Americans experience every single day. Beautiful. He's a wordsmith. Who's running the towns they feel all this uh, discrimination? Systemic in? racism is a knee on the neck of America, Rooster. And who's running these towns? White racists. Ah, uh, what uh, political party are these white racists? No, we're not going to get into that. That's not the point here. The uh, point here is that America was founded in systemic white racism. Exactly For 400 years, America has been all about... 1619 ra- Project <laughs> has been debunked. I'm glad you picked up on that. <laughs> so um, It's been debunked many, many times. Yeah, so of course, right off the bat, within the it was it's been thirty seconds into his speech, it's racism, racism, racism. Oh, and Kamala Harris, you know, she she mentioned racism, and I'm mentioning racism. So racism, racism. He's 
they're rep- the repetitiveness is it's like um it's like brainwashing 101 just keep saying it keep saying it keep saying it and you're going to indoctrinate people into thinking hey this is a racist country look there is more evidence of bigfoot the loch ness monster and the abominable snowman than there is that the 1619 project is right <laughs> but blacks really created this country when like 400 years ago and and in in the meantime, they built every structure in this country. Really? Yeah. Okay. They build the railroads out west. Yep. They did. Mm-hmm. Were they dressed like Chinese people <laughs> at the time? Uh, did they did they build them in the east? The Black Irish even did it too. Yeah, the Black Irish. <laughs> um. All right. That's my going. favorite punk band. <laughs> let's keep going here. It's a fusion of Celtic uh, music and uh, rap. You know, oh, that sounds lovely. Yeah. It's sort, of like, sort of like peanut butter and spaghetti. <laughs> All right, here we go. The murder of George Floyd launched a summer of protest we hadn't seen since the civil rights era in the 60s. Hold on a sec. Protests that unified people of every race and generation in peace and with purpose. I'm beginning to think that uh, Joe Biden has an uh, an Inigo Montoya problem. I do not know what that means. He keeps using the word. word. He keeps using the word unity. You keep using the word. I don't know what that means. What that means. <laughs> so, uh, protest. Pro- no, nothing about riots, but this protest united us together. Oh my God! You're calling them. Uh, you're calling them riots. That's because you're a racist. Yeah. I, I got to play that again because that was. I mean, that's stunning that he gets away with this. Protests that unified people of every race and generation in peace and with purpose. In peace and with purpose. Yeah, the purpose was to steal uh, flat screen TVs <laughs> and burn down a target. I mean, it's 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 in fucking infuriating to hear him say that. And as if uh, it's like when the what's his name Fleckus went up to um, Jerry Nadler and said, "Hey, what what do you how do you feel about um, Antifa in in so Portland?" That's, that's just an idea. And Jerry Nadler, yeah, Jerry Nadler goes, "That's a myth." Yeah, there's no such thing as Antifa. It's just well, gaslighting until like, until Trump was out of office, and then it was a problem. Yeah, they really had to deal on with. fucking steroids. This gaslighting. Yeah, and it's like I said before, it's a term I didn't even know till like last year what the fuck it meant. But I we're st- getting all kinds of it now. I still forget what it means. <laughs> All right. I mean, in, in in protesting in peace. Fuck. I do find out, though, that when I throw out terms like gaslighting and straw manning and all that stuff, people are like, what? And then I know I got you. <laughs> that makes me feel real smug. Yeah. <laughs> and then when I and then when I'm done saying, I go, hmm. Yeah. You know, well, some people say that I'm arrogant. That means I talk down to you. <laughs> no, that's not what. That's condescending. Oh, fuck. I fucked that up. Yeah, you did. Some people say, I'm, I'm going to edit that out. Some people say I'm condescending. That means I talked down to you, Rooster. Yeah, but you just said that was Eric. <laughs> that might stay in. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's continue. Okay, wait. What do you call an arrogant convict walking downstairs? I don't know. A condescending con. Descending. What do you call an Asian person who, or a Chinese person who likes table tennis and horror movies, monster movies? A Hong Kong, King Kong, Ping Pong, Ding Dong. 
Oh, man. All right. Let's continue <laughs> before I have an asthma laugh. <clears throat> to say enough, enough, enough of this senseless killings. All right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to move ahead because it's a 10-minute speech. So we're going to move to the next um, point. All right. Here we go. Can't stop here. In order to deliver real change and reform, we can and we must do more to reduce the likelihood that tragedies like this will ever happen and occur again. To ensure the black and brown people, or anyone, so they don't fear the interactions with law enforcement, that they don't have to wake up knowing that they can lose their very life in the course of just living their life don't have to worry about whether their sons or daughters will come home after a grocery store run or just walking down the street or driving their car or playing in the park or just sleeping at home. I mean, really, that's all these people are doing when they're getting shot by police is they're walking in the park, going to the grocery store, going to school or just laying in their bed at home. You know, if there was a really edgy comedy show, like a sketch comedy show at this point, they would just like do a skit about two white cops who drive around shooting black people. Like there'd be some black people playing in a park. They go, yep, yeah, we got to get them. Yeah. Blam. You know, and like a cop style show, you know, where they're just like, yeah, racked up a bunch more. But today. they, but they, you'd see them driving by like muggings, yeah. like, like muggings on the side of the street. Wouldn't even pay attention to those. They try to find, you know, someone, you know, buying uh, medication for their grandmother. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, and the pharmacy. <laughs> it'd be a it'd be a black family playing in the park, and they drove by and shot the dad. You know, I mean. So yeah, continue here. And this takes acknowledging and confronting head on systemic racism and the racial disparities that exist in policing and in our criminal justice system more broadly. Well. I have a question. Systemic racism doesn't just, he's, he's being a racist because he's not um, pointing out, like Kamala pointed out, that it's not only in policing and our criminal justice system, it's in everything, housing, medical, everything. So he's not it's, even- It's endemic in the system. Right. Okay. Baked in the cake, as it were. Right. So like if you were, say, a senator for like 50 years, you know, or 40 years- and we're like the vice president for eight years under the first black president. Um, and we do have systematic or systemic racism in this country, which no one still can define for you. Right. You know, they just tell you the reason you don't know it is because you have white privilege. Um, wouldn't you be someone who would like be accountable for that? You would think so. I mean, wouldn't, wouldn't you be seen as part of the problem? Right. You know, maybe it seems like, you know, like if you're a guy who roughed up his wife a lot and uh, wanted to lead a church group for battered women. Yeah. I, I don't know. I just especially if like one of your best friends and a guy you did uh, a eulogy for who was in the Senate was a former Klan uh, member. Yeah. But, All right. So we're going to skip a lot here. We're going to go on to the next uh, little irrit irritating part. My conversations with the Floyd family, I spoke with them again today. I assure them we're going to continue to fight for the passage of the George Floyd Justice and Policing Act so we can, I can sign in law as quickly as possible. The George Floyd Justice and Policing Act. You know what I really want to hear from? I mean, I know we have a lot of cop listeners, 
I really would like to know what what they're thinking of how their jobs are going to change going forward. I think a couple of the cops we know are just going to ride it out and retire. We've had a couple of younger cops we know that I don't know what they're going to do. They've got to get out of the the major cities. Yeah, they have to. It's just a it's a ticking time bomb for them in yeah. these cities. Not only are they going to be you know prosecuted for doing their job, they're they're going to be targeted. You know they're going to be doxed and targeted by the civilians. So not only is yeah. the system going to come after. Talk about systemic um, injustice against people. There's going to be there's systemic injustice against cops at this I'm, point. I'm going to be honest. I have no fucking clue what systemic means. System wide. Related to this stuff. There, right That's now, what that means? right now, there's a system wide push in law enforcement in the higher up in the higher echelons of law enforcement to make examples of cops for any any infraction or anything that they see as um, something that's going to ignite um, the community um, ignite racial hatred in the community. So they're going to come after cops for everything and anything at this point, systemically. That's crazy. And the, but if they don't, if cops still, you know, no matter what you're damned, if you do, and you're damned, if you don't at this point, well, I was going to save this for a little bit later. Did, did you hear what happened to the cop in Norfolk, Virginia? The guy anonymously donated $25 to the Kyle Rittenhouse defense fund. Well, got doxxed by a hacker and is now, he tried to use an anonymous email, but somebody found a way that it was uh, linked to him. He got fired for donating $25 to the defense fund of a guy who has the right to be defended. Yeah, it's not immoral or illegal what he did. No, it's not. And he didn't He didn't go and uh, post it on social media and say, hey, look what I did. I'm a police officer for this police department. Look what I did. He didn't yeah. even do that, which might, you know, they might go, we can't have that. You got to get fired. He was like, I did this privately. I wasn't intending it to get out. And it was not legal and it wasn't immoral or not illegal. He's He's fired for chipping in 25 bucks to support a guy who defended himself against people trying to hurt him. Yeah. One of which pointed a gun at him and got shot. Yep. But Kamala Harris is vice president, pushed a bail fund that got a criminal release to raped an eight-year-old girl. Yeah, now let's talk about the system being against um, people. The system right now is against conservative white men or conservative anybody at this point. Yeah, it's conservatives. Um, but specifically, it's easier even right now for them to come after conservative white men. Um, if you're, if you've got the, you know, the bona fides, the SJW leftist bona fides out, you know, uh, in your Twitter bio, whatever you have a little bit of a cushioning at this point, it's not, not for long. They're going to eat their own, but right now they're, they still have that, you know, that protection. Well, they have to, cause they keep trying to eat conservatives to stand up for themselves and they can't, yeah. they can't fight that. All right. Let's continue here. Um, yeah, this, this, this part, this really annoyed me. I also spoke to Gianna, George loves George's young daughter again. God, this fucking guy. He just sounds drunk all Mouth the time. Mouthful of fucking marbles. <laughs> My dad used to say, a uh, shit salesman with a mouthful of samples. There we go. So I got to go back a little bit here and start that over because it's so ridiculous. All right. His memory. I also spoke to Gianna, George loves George's young daughter again. When I met her last year, I've said this before, at George's funeral, I told her how brave I thought she was. 
and I sort of knelt down to hold her hand. Snipped her hair. Massaged her shoulders. Here's my question, and no, I'm not saying this because George Floyd was black. I'm asking this because the guy's been in and out of jail. No, black people don't smell different. <laughs> was he in his daughter's life? I don't I, don't I mean, believe they're, so. They're playing this up like he was his doting father. And, no, I don't believe he was in any of his family's life at this point. That, I mean, that's what I want to yeah. know. So Joe's making this big thing about, oh, you know, your dad's not here to tuck you in at night. My question was, when he was alive, was he there to tuck her in at night? Yeah. So when he when he kind of knelt down and he sniffed her hair and massaged her shoulders and like stroked her rib cage from behind, um, and he went and said this to her. And I sort of knelt down to hold her hand. I said, Daddy's looking down on you. He's so proud. He said to me then, I'll never forget it. Daddy changed the world. I told her this afternoon, Daddy did change the world. I say shenanigans. (laughs) I do too. (laughs) This is so fucking sappy. So sappy. He is the worst pathological oh his 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 down home stories about uh you know june bug or whatever it was and the rate the rusty razor blade and the chain (laughs) uh corn cob corn cob whatever the fuck (laughs) june bug that's what i was thinking (laughs) was a corn pop corn Corn pop pop. there we go (laughs) corn pop was a bad dude he hung out with a bunch of other bad take a razor and he smack it on the ground get it all rusty (laughs) what (laughs) But seriously, he's like the worst liar ever, and he keeps doing it. Yeah. So I've um, got one more clip, and this is—I'm not. This is the last clip I'm going to play because it's just getting too long here. But I mean that—I mean that was just grating to hear that. It was like cringy to hear that his little anecdote about kneeling down, and you know how how self-aggrandizing too the way he tells that. Mm-hmm. It's like that's the kind of story. If it did happen, you'd you'd want like Kamala to tell it. It's you. calmly racist. <laughs> I was waiting for that, finally. All right. So here's the next one. Last one here. There can never be any safe harbor for hate in America. I've said it many times. Except on Twitter. The yeah. battle for soul of this nation has been a constant push and pull for more than 240 years. You mean 400 years? A tug of war between the American ideal that we're all created equal and the harsh reality that racism has long torn us apart. They really just want to push the whole racism thing. Push it, push it, push it. At our best, the American ideal wins out. So we can't leave this moment or look away thinking our work is done. Of course not. We have to look at it. We have to not, look as, as we did. Not until the whole system is destroyed and we have Marxism and, and socialism and then communism. That's, we gotta, that's when we've won. Look, they just haven't done it right before. All right. For those nine minutes and 29 seconds, we have to listen. I can't breathe. I can't breathe. Those are George Floyd's last words. We can't let those words die with him. We have to keep hearing mean? those words. Oh, we have to keep hearing. We cannot get past this is what he's saying. 
Don't ever stop thinking in terms of race and racism. Don't ever stop. You've got to keep thinking about how systemic racism is making your life as a black man and a brown man miserable. You can't stop thinking about it. You know what? Every day, get up and say this 10 times in the morning. I can't breathe. And you need, I can't breathe. Look in the mirror. I can't breathe. But you need white people to save you. Mm-hmm. Do you know why? Because those white people think less of you. Yeah. <laughs> I mean- they do. Those white people that they do. Those you, the leftist whites do think that blacks cannot. They're basically they are white saviors in their own in their own eyes. And if you were like, I don't know, I'm just gonna like give you a hypothetical. If you're like Asian and you're like, no, I'm good, I don't need help. I'm just gonna work hard, they'll be like, White son of a bitch. <laughs> yeah, it flusters them so they have to just equate yeah. them with being white. It's like white Hispanics. We must not turn away. We can't turn away. We have a chance to begin to change the trajectory in this country. It's my hope and prayer that we live up to the legacy. May God bless you. And may God bless the F- George Floyd and his family. Thank you for taking the time to be here. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Thank you, President, uh, Vice President Biden. So we have to remember those nine minutes, and we have to say that mantra. In 29 seconds. Yeah. And we have to spend every, each and every day, multiple times a day, contemplating those nine, nine, minute, nine minutes and 26 seconds, and we have to say, I can't breathe. I and you know what breathe. you have to do? I can't. This is a fucking religion. It's a cult. When you see black people, you have to go up and say, I'm sorry. I apologize, and you have to kiss their feet. Yes, absolutely. And don't tell them, don't ask them what you can do because that just subjects them to having to um, use emotional energy to explain to you things that you should already know. Right. You should just get to doing things for them. Yeah. Just give away give away everything you have for one. Mm-hmm. Um, Unless you're the person advocating that. I mean, then, then you've done your part and you get to keep all your stuff. This kind of stuff, this kind of speech and this lionization, and like we've joked from early on about calling him St. George, um, it's it really is a cult. Th- yeah. This, 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 this anti-white systemic racism bullshit, it has like all the tropes of being a fucking religious like cult where they're making saints out of people and they're making these um the the when you go and you see them when they keep speaking the thing same thing over and over again like um what is it uh whose streets are streets whose street are street change yeah it's it's all this like repetitive stuff these chants that basically sound almost well no they sound really religious in nature but like a a perversion of of Christianity basically is what all this is. It's disgusting. It disgusts me. Just so long as when they say it, you say Amen. Yeah. But and you... a women. <laughs> and a Latinx. And <laughs> <laughs> a gay a gay uh left handed Latinx. Mm, yeah. But yeah, we we we're we've gotten to this point in our society where there, I think it is kind of a lack of the reason we don't have like a moral compass as a, as a society. I mean, I know people specifically do have moral compasses. There's a lot of people in this country that do there's, there's, you know, good people, but as a, as I mean, just, not us, as but... a whole, the society is lacking a moral compass. There's no set truth. 
that they believe in because we've fallen away from having the basically the ultimate truth of religion and so you take away the the that and people are they need to have that in their lives and what do you get you have these um you know religious or these government institutions or these woke leftist kind of uh, cults that take the space of an actual you know christianity or whatever you want to i'm going to go with christianity because that's what the country is based on but oh you bigot judeo-christian oh you yeah. bigot anglo-saxon heritage oh you bigot <laughs> Um, I don't know. I just, first of all, I think all that's funny coming from the agnostic, (laughs) but, um, I think people have fully embraced this idea from the sixties and seventies, uh, of if it, if it feels good, do it. But they've added, if it doesn't feel good, that's because somebody else is harsh and you're mellow. So find out who that is and shame them. Yeah. That's on them. Not on you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Because you know, uh, telling somebody they have to pull themselves up by their bootstraps. Well, that's just hateful. You can't do that. Well, and I'm not even, we're getting too late into the podcast, but I'm not even going to get into more of this transgender shit on kids. There's more going on. Did you hear the latest? Uh, uh, some woman was at a, um, a, a drag show at like 1130. I think it was in New York, 1130 at night. Did you hear this? Okay. It's a black woman. No. She pulled out her phone and started recording it. On, and she, cause they ended up pulling, there was a bunch of kids there, children, like prepubescent kids like 1130 at night and they were bringing them up on the stage and they were throwing dollar bills and these kids were picking up the dollar bills and she's like can you believe this bullshit they got these little girls and i think they might have been little boys even dressed up like little girls but she said little girls these little girls out there picking up dollar bills at 1130 at night like strippers i'm like yeah yeah that's these fucking people should be in prison wow when your parents name is champagne i mean there's (laughs) mercedes yeah yeah I don't know, or Tiffany. What's another good stripper name? I think it's funny how you just pick a real name. Oh, like Tiffany? <laughs> yeah. I may or may not have encountered a Tiffany a stripper at one point in my life. You can neither confirm nor deny? No, I cannot. Okay. That's a story for another time. <laughs> yeah, we're getting real late into this, so we, we're not going to go into that. We'll probably get into that next podcast because it just seems to be all these things just keep happening like they're exponentially, like, exploding like a neutron bomb spreading out. I'm, t- I'm trying to think of a good uh, analogy. That wasn't a very good one, but there, but, but it's getting to be more and more of this, you know, uh, cops, cop, uh, interactions where it doesn't matter what they do. It's racist. And then all these kids that are being subjected to like real perverse bullshit and these mothers and these cuck fathers just looking on like, this is great. This is not going to be damaging at all. Yeah, well, you know, it's it's uh, exposing them to diversity. Yeah. Well, on that note, if you want to contact us, it's Rooster. That's email. Rooster at breadandcircusespodcast.com or crow at breadandcircusespodcast.com. And you can check us out on our Facebook page. We post on there daily, and it is uh, Bread and Circus Podcast. See you, bye.